Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Our Title Was Taken podcast. Today is going to be a finance episode led by me on whether JP Morgan, John Pierpont Morgan, should be considered a robber baron and whether it's correct to assume he is or not. So before we get into it, what do you guys think is a robber baron? Is it someone that just has like questionable practices? Especially in like the finance area and I'm guessing it's like the word baron, I'm guessing like maybe sort of mid to late 19th century sort of related. Yeah, um, Charles, did you have anything to add on to that? Um, I mean, baron just gives a very sort of, it's a sort of very sort of old school term. And I'm assuming from Rob, it's some sort of, from the context, I'm assuming it's not actually illegal, but some sort of negative connotation about stealing in one way or another. Yeah, so it's a business magnet or a big business entrepreneur from the 18th century where they basically have built their fortune and they're really successful but they have questionable methods for it like Kushal said. So John Pierpont Morgan, uh, we'll start off with his story first just before we get into the actual debate here. So he financed rail three main industries, railroads, US Steel and General Electric. He had an interesting technique to build his empire called Morganization, where he basically bought small and weak businesses. He streamlined the management and he made them a lot more effective so that they'd be able to undercut other players in the market, buy the competition when they went bankrupt and so on until he basically expanded his empire throughout the entire sector. And he also had another technique using vertical integration in which he buys his suppliers, which is what he did for US Steel, where he owns the entire process of steel making, such as extraction, treatment, and then distribution and construction and so on. So, obviously, he was a big believer in having little competition and building monopolies, which went against the antitrust laws, which were built by the US government. Um, he had. Sorry, could I ask a question? Yeah, sure. You say it was against the um, sort of the U.S. government and the antitrust laws, which I understand. Like he was, you know, they increased, like they encouraged competition. But surely, especially in the early nineteenth century or eighteenth century, I think you said. But um, sh- surely, monopolistic businesses would have thrived more than small businesses because internet and sort of these outreach platforms didn't exist. So, uh, fame was basically through word of mouth. I don't, I don't understand. The- questions well why was it against the trust why was it against the um usa um... oh why did they make that why did make that why did they make those laws do you mean well yeah because surely monopolies would have thrived even more than small businesses anyway so why was it against the law yeah, to like, uh, encourage they would monopolies? have become inefficient because like since they're the only person that's to deal with uh like that product or market like th- they can do whatever they want to like it's a similar story with um the royal mail in in the uk because with that, it was, uh, since since they had a monopoly on, like, delivering letters and things, they just became inefficient. Mm. So it became privatised to make, basically make that whole sort of market more efficient. Yeah, they, they become inefficient and they increase prices, which isn't good for the consumers. That's the reason why they have these laws. So, uh, yeah, John Pierpont Morgan had a positive impact on the economy. And there are two instances where we can see this. The first one was in 1893, where the Federal Treasury, the the, uh, organization in charge of the country's gold, 
was running really low on it. Uh, this was because of various factors, such as I've written them down here, I think. Can't remember exactly. Yeah, so there was a trade deficit in which the value of imports for the US was greater than the value of the exports. And this caused a huge, this caused a long term economic slowdown, such as prices falling, unemployment rising. Uh, and Morgan effectively gave them money. He, he effectively bought their gold. It was, it's interesting, actually, because he overruled the government's decision because what they wanted to do was to give bonds to the public to help, to help overcome this crisis. And he found a legal loophole to force his way into, into buying all their gold. Sorry, selling them gold. Yeah, selling them gold. And basically controlling the government, the whole U.S. economy, due to his gold, due to his gold reserves. The second instance was in 1907, when there was another panic, or panics which were increasingly common in the U.S. And he, what happened was that banks didn't have people's uh, confidence in them. So they started taking money out of them, people lost confidence, businesses couldn't function without banks, etc. So he pooled money with multiple other, multiple other players, such as the Rothschilds. I think it was 25 million each. And then they distributed this money to whoever needed it. And this led to the Federal, federal Reserve yeah, being made like, in 1913. I was, I was going to say, like, sorry for interrupting, but like with, right, with what Sidan said, I, I, all I... From my research, what I know is that like his net worth was massive, because like mm. he was he was basically led Wall Street completely, and then yeah, I know that um yeah sorry to interrupt Kishul, but just to add on to that, I did read that in the early nineteenth century nineteenth century he was the richest man on the planet, like well, well, yeah. stop, he well, was like his, his, adjusted, his adjusted net worth was forty two billion, yeah at that time no 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 it's just adjusted for inflation. So it's it would, it would have been less than, oh, but right, sorry. it's still an insane amount. His federal his federal steel company merged with the Carnegie Steel Company, making the first ever billion dollar company as well. He had a net worth, I think it was twenty two billion. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, still well, well, a massive yeah, like amount. his his net worth is like generally to be estimated, but the amount of like money he had, especially yeah. then, was insane. Um, yeah. I'd just like to buy in here. I know that we've been talking about the fact that obviously Zane said that he was believed by many to be a robber baron, but I did read that he saved the USA from bankruptcy yeah. twice. Yeah, that is the thing. So, so 1907 and yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Zane's going to go into it more, but like basically what happened was, as I understand it, Zane, at least, is that um, the first time the USA was in trouble and because he was the richest person, they asked him to get them out of the trouble and he, he did it. I don't exactly remember the um, specifics of it. The second time around, actually, right before the second sort of crisis hit, um, President Roosevelt didn't want anyone to be as powerful as J.P. Morgan became. And so what he did was he disbanded J.P. Morgan's railroad company, which was one of his largest money earners. And that gave that was a huge economic hit to J.P. Morgan. And yet when the second financial crisis came and he no longer had that um, sort of economic boost from the railroad company, he still agreed to help because he was patriotic. Now, I'm not supporting J.P. Morgan or uh, I'm not against him either. But what do we think? Like, is does that tip the scales in his favor or, or are the things that he did 
completely inexcusable and do not um they don't even weigh up they're so bad that they don't even merit comparing to uh the good things he's done i mean i wouldn't know for sure but i think that like obviously we can't know his intentions for certain and like he could say that the reason he did that was for his patriotism and everything but like i don't think anyone can disagree getting your own country out of bankruptcy twice is going to give you a lot of like political power and have like a lot of like sway in the government like their policy and stuff because you literally save the entire country from bankruptcy no once but twice and so like i wouldn't be surprised if he was getting quite a lot of benefits from extremely high-ranking people in government with like the policies and like obviously i don't know exactly what he gained from it but i'm i'm almost certain he must have gotten some sort of economic benefit or like tax breaks or something from doing that for the entire country no but like like the thing is like that's that's why he was criticized because he he had uh, too much power because like he was he was able to pretty much influence mm. the whole American market, and it was to the point of where he was actually called to testify. Um, what was it? Yeah, he he. I believe he was called to testify before a congressional committee, because he was part of this group of Wall Street uh, bankers investors, um, called I believe the Money Trust, and and they base and they were they allegedly colluded to control US banking. So like the influence that he had okay, was yeah. massive. Yeah. So and like that's why he was criticized because like he had too much influence, he had too much power over like the American market and American like sort of finance. Zane, any thoughts? Uh I didn't actually know a lot of these things you guys are saying. I didn't know this um but yeah, um I'm gonna I was gonna move on to why he why he why he could be called a robber baron if that's okay. yeah go ahead so you so you're talking before about why he was a robber baron when, when he did so much and the main reason for that is because he was a cutthroat capitalist which meant that he like i said this process of organization involved him improving the efficiency of a company in order to take it to a new height and undercut the competition this involved having to cut costs to an extreme level so he had to maximize working hours uh, decreasing wages to an extent. Uh, I read that wages actually increased during his time there, so I'm not a hundred percent certain about that. That they increased with the economy, whatever. But wages didn't. I imagine they would have had to have decreased. And he had apparently appalling working conditions. There were multiple deaths during his time. In fact, the company he financed, U.S. Steel, which he got from helping the U.S. economy, I think when he bailed them out with gold. He financed it uh, using his using his influence with the gold and U.S. Steel actually caused multiple deaths. How? Which which is blood on his hands. The company which he got from helping the U.S. economy caused multiple people to lose a family member. I I believe Sidan said how. So I'm um, I'm gonna try and answer that now. So well, what I'm assuming is just like because of the working conditions and like I'm guessing it was like the manual labor like they were overworked to the point of where like it was like um it was just unhealthy for them yeah unhealthy um accidents yeah. as well, well like, I'm guessing too I'm not 100% like certain. I wouldn't be surprised if obviously by trying to lower um costs so much like there weren't 
satisfactory sort of um, safety measures in place or like they maybe didn't provide enough training for the workers to know like how to keep safe and like how to most effectively do their job and, and so through those that could have possibly led to those deaths and I doubt there were laws at the time as well regulating health and safety mm-hmm. so that's the reason people didn't really like him so now to you guys do you think he's a robber baron is it enough to qualify him even though he saved the economy honestly I think that being capitalist or having an ambi- having ambition on its own or seeking out for a goal or you know the 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 face value of helping out your own country country through patriotism is not bad. I mean, I know tensions are high with a few of us since the last episode when uh you know people may be arguing whether what I said was relevant or not, but I personally do think that having a goal and being super ambitious as long as it doesn't harm people it may disadvantage people but as long as it doesn't harm people i think that's completely fine and i think that's i don't think that would make him a robber baron um as far as ulterior motives go um it's okay it, we would be foolish to not acknowledge that helping out a country uh, your country twice from bankruptcy is not going is going to give you is not going to, it, it will definitely give you some sort of standing and some sort of power but the fact that he did save the country is more important in my eyes than the fact that he got something from it because honestly the fact that he sacrificed so much money to help his country is it sort of almost uh, deserves a reward i don't know if the reward he got or if the standing he got or the political power he got was proportional but i think you know it's it's a multifaceted argument i think i agree with what you're saying in terms of if being ambitious and being a capitalist or something in its own right isn't enough to qualify as a robber baron or to be a negative sort of thing. Like, everybody should sort of strive to be more ambitious. But when you say that as long as it doesn't impede on other people, like, damage other people, if it is true that by trying to cut costs, that was... that caused multiple people to lose their lives, I think that might be sufficient for him to be a quote-unquote robber baron or for like his drive or ambition to cut prices and be as competitive as possible for it to be pushed to a negative so that like he wanted he sort of prioritized money and efficiency and stuff over the well-being of his workers which i don't think is as like understandable yeah so i i, I think my view is like quite similar because like a lot of like insanely rich like um insanely rich people like regarding the time that he was in i feel like a lot of people that have that much money do have some ethical questioning whether it it, whether it's regarding how they're treating workers or like just other things like that so i do think he did help he definitely did help america a lot with both of those financial crises but I also do think we need to take into consideration what other things he has done, which are definitely quite questionable. Yeah, he's done good things for the economy. And like Kushal said, he's done bad things. And obviously you can imagine a lot of people would have done bad things at the time. But a robber baron is somebody who was a, who's a business magnet. He had, eth- he had questionable methods of making his wealth. And while a lot of people would have made their wealth through questionable methods you can't ignore the fact that he made a lot of wealth 
and it was centralized around the concept of an organization in which he in which he basically putting this bluntly killed people so yes he was a robber baron but he fully deserved his wealth he was a brilliant businessman and he got to where he was purely because of his own intellect and his own uh, competence his own skills I know we're wrapping up, but I'm not sure if I agree there. <laughs> and that's a discussion for a future episode. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening in to our episode today where we talked about uh, J.P. Morgan, um, who's actually, a, it's a famous name even now, economically. And so it's very important to think about these uh, reverberations of economic history even now. Thank you very much for listening. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to do some of your do some of your own research or alternatively you can message us at OTWT Podcast on Instagram. We'll be happy to hear from you and happy to have a conversation. Thank you very much for listening and please keep a lookout for future episodes.